You know, for, for all the adults in the room, for all the adults in the room, do you know, um, because kids are, are hanging out with us today, if you're a kid, hey kids, I'm going to try to get your attention and good luck, right? If, if you're a kid, wave at me real quick. And then we have a bunch, yes, thank you, Ray. I'm like, we got, yes, thank you. I'm like, we got a bunch of liars in here. You are totally kids at heart. That's the point. Everyone else wasn't waving. So, you know, when you were around like, so adults or kids at heart, do you remember when you were like in the third grade and you went to school and you went to a party and then you came home and your whole Christmas experience was ruined, right? Do you, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Some of you? You go to school, you have a Christmas party, and then there's that one jerk. And that one jerk ruined everything for you. And then it all started to make sense. Well, today I'm in, in here with all the, all the, the young at hearts, and I don't want to be that person. And I'm going to be preaching about Jesus. So pray for me, right? I don't want to slip. But let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for the season. Thank you for your love for us. I pray that any of us today that, that are in seasons of rebellion, that we would surrender right now. And I just feel like that's for a few people in here. Father, I pray that, that, um, that they would know that, that you have forgiven them and that you want them to return home. Father, give us ears to hear, eyes to see, feet that want to run with obedience, minds to comprehend, and a heart with uh, just fertile soil. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of you guys love this season? We're a participating church. So how many of you guys just love Christmas season? Are there any Grinches in here? If you're a Grinch, raise your hand. I'm turning into a Grinch. I'll tell you what. So every year, what ends up happening is for most of my family Christmases, what we like to do is just do white elephant gift exchanges, right? So you go out, you buy a $20 gift, a $30 gift, you put it in, and you do the whole Christmas white elephant gift exchange. So what ended up happening, like the first five years, Macy and I won. We came away with the best gift every year. So then a conspiracy started to hap happen that we were cheating. And because we came away with like the pocket knife, and we came away with the Swiss Army knife, right? And it's like... That's what ended up happening. But I started to realize I'm a Grinch, and I got, I got tired of winning, and Macy got tired of winning. So then, so then what my sister did is she said, I'm going to enter all of my kids, and then I'm going to tell my kids what they need to steal and what they need to take from Joey and Macy. And then I'm like, this isn't even fair anymore. And then I started to become a sore loser. I'm like, I can't compete against 65 kids. The numbers never changed, right? I can't compete against 65 kids and then Randy and Jordan and try to win. So then I started to become a Grinch. Like, this isn't even fun anymore. So then I tried to change the rules. You know what? I'm tired of getting a coffee cup and I have three, uh, I don't know, 
Swiss army knives in every compartment of my car from every Christmas. I'm tired of getting, wasting $60 a year on these stupid, sorry, silly gifts. So then I said, let's just bring, let's just bring an item from home that we don't want anymore that could be useful. So that's what we did this year, and I hated every bit of it. And then we played a game that it was basically like roll the dice and then pass it to the person to your left and to your right. And it's like, this isn't even fun because there's no competition in it. This is like playing the lottery. It's just luck. So you know what I did is because I didn't like the gift that I received and because I'm the Grinch, I left the gift at the house that we had the party. And, and they're still dealing with that. But some people, some people love Christmas, and then there's the Grinches. There's the people who just don't really like it. And what you hear for the first five minutes of what I've talked about, what has it been about? Me. Every bit of, uh, every bit of it has been about me and what I think about Christmas and what I like about Christmas. And at the end of the day, I believe that most of our culture does that as well. Christmas has become about something so much uh, further than it was probably ever intended that I believe we missed the point. Do you guys agree with that at all? Yes. We missed the point. So um, I love Christmas lights. I remember um, a couple years growing up, we had lights on our house. I remember um, lights in the house, Christmas tree lights. I remember all the people who like lights so much that they keep them up until April. Um, I'm not that extreme. Is that what it is? Do you guys like lights so much that you keep them up for April, until April? Or is it that you're just too lazy to grab? It is cold. But it wasn't cold when you put them up there. <laughs> or it was cold, yeah. So look, I like lights. You know what? I, every year, every year, if you do not drive past Clifton Mill, you can't be trusted either right? Like, are you really from this area if you don't drive past Clifton Mill? How many guys have driven past Clifton Mill this year? Oh my gosh. Lord, pray. How many guys know what Clifton Mill does? Okay. All right. Well, tonight, what's that village or that little town, not town, but just the cul-de-sac in Springfield? Raymar. How many guys have been to Raymar this year? How many guys loved Raymar 10 years ago? Raymar was so much better 10 years ago, but I, I love looking at lights. And now there's the real easy way to do it. You just get those lasers and you beam them up on your house. And that's the way it's easy for us. You just beam them up there, take 10 minutes, nail it in the ground, and then take the easy way out. But it's all about the season, right? Christmas trees, how many, um, how many people cut their trees in here? One, two, a couple, yes. How many of you guys just take out the old tree and fold it? Yep. And then how many of you guys just don't do a tree? What about this? How many husbands in here have been asked by their wives for the past three weeks to buy a tree, and you keep on saying you're going to get to it, you just haven't yet? <laughs> we were going to send you to the elders in the back room to pray for you, but... uh. Why are you looking at me? 
Look, we have the occasional music. We have, we have um, Elvis Christmas, right? We have um, Blue. I keep on trying to get Nadine to let me up there, but um, she says I'll ruin the anointing. The foods, right? You got the ham. You got the apple pies. You got the biscuits. I mean, you just got everything. Anything you can dream of, you got it, and then more. And then giving presents. How many of you guys love to give presents? Now, let's be honest. How many of you guys love to receive presents? Where are all my kids at? You know, for me, I, I have a hard time. Um, it's awkward for me to open up presents because I'm, I'm kind of an even-keeled uh, person. So when I open it, I might really like it, but this is how I open it. Thank you. And that's about it. And then, then you have Macy over there who's like, oh my gosh, I love it. This was the best thing ever. And then you get my response, and it's like, well, Macy's parents are going to think I don't really like their gift, but I really like it. So I'm in an awkward position when I receive gifts, but I do love giving them. And then what I really appreciate about the Christmas season is everyone seems to be off work. Like, Honda's off, and people connected to Honda seems to be off, and then school systems are off. So then it just, there's this um, enthusiastic um, nature about the season. And then the Christmas movies, right? Those are amazing. Home Alone. Home Alone is amazing. Elf, right? (laughs) Die Hard. (laughs) Do we want to have that debate right now? If you believe that Die Hard is a Christmas movie, you can... Yeah, raise your hand if it's a Christmas movie. (laughs) If it is not a Christmas movie... All right. What about Rudolph, of course? Rudolph is good. And then Miracle on what street was it? 34th. Joey, you're showing your age. It's a Wonderful Life. Yes, we all have our opinions. They're all good, right? There's just something about being able to watch those movies, even though you've seen them probably not hundreds of times, but at least dozens of times. It's the season, the season, the season, the season, right? And I remember growing up on Christmas Eve, um, I would always have to be in bed by like 8.30 or 9. Because if not, Santa was going to pass over my house. And I'll tell you what, Santa coughed like my parents, uh, made a lot of noise downstairs. But if I wasn't in bed, can you imagine being a kid trying to sleep, knowing that Santa's coming the next day? How do you even do that? Like every noise. I, rem- I remember looking up in the sky and seeing Santa once. I convinced myself that I saw him. So for all you other kids, you're not as lucky as me. And then I enjoy shopping on occasions, right? Getting gifts for significant others. Um, I hate the traffic. I hate waiting in line at Bed Bath & Beyond like 40 deep. And then they still have five registers open. Can anyone relate? Like, this is what we have made the Christmas season about. Right? Has anyone else made it about that other than me? There's... You know, three weeks before Christmas, we have no money. 
but then the week before Christmas, it's like we don't even care how much money we have. We're just willing to spend it for the excitement of people opening it. And it's just junk anyways. A lot of it. I'm not here to say don't buy gifts or to buy gifts. What I'm really here to say is that's the problem for us within America, is Christmas has become about the gifts, the cookies, the parties, the, um, the snow. I'm okay with snow 24 hours a year, from 4 p.m. on Christmas Eve until 4 p.m. on Christmas Day, and then it needs to be sunny and 75 the rest of the year. God hasn't answered my prayer yet, so join me, right? <laughs> Starting Tuesday here at MCF, we're going to be offering an intercession class. Uh, <laughs> all right. But what's, what's the real Christmas season about? The birth of Jesus, right? The birth of Jesus. The life of Jesus. In anything short of that, we're missing the mark. We're missing the point. See, what makes Christmas so fun is to see all these little kids grabbing these presents and screaming and yelling and ripping through and then saying, oh, an avocado, thanks. That's for the younger generation. There's a video of a little kid who gets an avocado for Christmas and he thanks his parents for it. What a, what a nice kid, right? But there's nothing more than kids uh, not, or a few things better than kids ripping through these presents and smiles and screams and tears and them saying, this is just what I wanted. But those same kids, without knowing the season and the reason for Christmas, have an impending place that is devastating for them, right? Christmas is about Jesus not the presence. It's not about just the kids smiling, but it's about kids and adults and um, the young at heart knowing that they have the opportunity to have eternal life with Jesus Christ. Eternal life. See, Scripture would also say, your earthly father can give you good gifts, but your heavenly Father gives you the perfect gifts, the things that you need. And the Christmas gift that he offers to you and I is redemption, reconciliation, um, and atonement for how far we fall short. Amen? In the beginning, we understand that God created the heavens and the earth, right? He created everything. Spoke it into existence. Or as we learned a couple weeks ago in Exodus, he could just, he can do more with just a blow from his nose than we can with all of our ability. Created everything. See, everything that we create is from something that he already put into existence. So maybe we have some carpenters in the room. Um, we have some bobs. So those bobs within the room, you know, they can, they, can, they can paint, they can do some woodwork, they can build stages. <clears throat> but every, everything that that came from couldn't have happened without God first speaking it into existence. 
How many of us can speak anything into existence? <clears throat> now we can speak hate into existence. We can speak love. We can speak kindness and affirmation. But we can't create anything the way that God created stuff. What power it takes, right? That's significant power. I mean, amazing power. Ron looks really strong. He might be the strongest man in the church. But Ron pales in comparison. Who thinks they're stronger than Ron? <laughs> you know, that's actually kind of true. So we're going to invite Ron and Nadine up for a push-up contest in her nice Christmas dress. What, um, what power God possesses to be able to create things. And what I'm trying to stir up is like, look, there's this, this awe that we should have with him. And during this season, and actually throughout the seasons of life, it's easy, us, easy for us to forget about this awe of how big God is. He is awesome. He is amazing. He is so far distinctly different than you and I. And it seems to be easy to forget about it. It, easy, it, it seems to be easy to get caught up in our stuff, in our work, in our sickness, in our frustrations, in our um, unforgiveness. We get stuck in it and we forget to honor God in a way that has him distinctly far apart from us. So what I wanted to do is um, read out of Colossians today. And we want to look at God's power. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Colossians 1. <clears throat> and I'm going to begin reading in verse 15. And the good news is, is we're almost done. Colossians 1, verse 15. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have be been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. The Son, Jesus, the Son who was born in a manger, right? And look, I know many of you guys, when I talk about baby Jesus, you're thinking of Will Ferrell sitting at the dinner table, right? How, let's just be honest. How many of you guys have thought about baby Jesus this morning in that manner? A couple of us. Yep. The Son. So, so we're, we're talking about Jesus Christ right here, right? 
the one born in Bethlehem, prophesied years before that there would become a Savior born in Bethlehem for the atonement of our sin. Created, he is the, um, in the image of the invisible God. For him, all things were created. All things were created for Jesus. Amazing. And he is before all things. And he holds everything together. But the verse I really want to look at is verse 19. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. This God that created everything, the heavens, the earth, everything, all of the fullness is in that baby that lay in a manger. That's the season. The season's just not about a baby in a manger. The season is literally about the fullness of God coming from heaven, coming down to earth for the atonement of our sins. That's the season. And, and if we can't get excited about that, if we can't get honor God on that, then, then what's the best thing for you to do is to come up to the elders today and say, I can't get excited about that at all. Would you please pray for me? My heart's not interested in that right now. Can you pray for me? I think some of the best prayers that we can ever pray is, God, I want to want you. Will you help me? Because I've acknowledged many times in my life, I don't want God. But I know that I need him. God, I need to need you. I want to want you. So whatever it takes, please make it happen. Help me want you again. Help me burn with passion again. Help me burn with fire again. Help me run from my sinful nature. Help me run from my sinful actions. Help me be fully devoted to you. Because the fullness of God, who spoke everything into existence, who's actually the, as we would sing, the air in your lungs. God is with us right now. That God was born in Bethlehem in Jesus. That is the season. I remember the, um, the first time I ever remember going to fireworks, like, independently or with friends. Like, you go with your parents, you can just kind of, like, cover your ears and um, be comforted by them, right? But I was, like, the squarest, scaredest kid of everything, so I get to fireworks, and I am freaking out because there was such power, right? And then that boom, you literally felt the bass, right? You felt the shock in your heart, and you just felt like it might kill you. There was such this power. Can anyone relate at all? Like, even here in Mechanicsburg, we have fireworks that, you, that will shoot right through you. There's power there. I remember um, going to football games growing up and these stadiums that could fit 100,000 people in it. And you get in there and the roar and the stadium shakes and then the height of it. It's like, I am so small. And just this fear that would come over me like, I am so small. And then you start to say like, wait a second, this is just a stadium. And then I say, God is so big. I didn't do well with heights either. 
Because, like, I remember coming out the fire escape at uh, our old elementary school. And I'm like. <laughs> I remember stor- storms coming through Mechanicsburg, right? And trees falling down. And the house shaking. And, and thunder shaking those old window- windows. And lightning striking. Me being so fearful because the raw power in the wind whistling, I knew that I stood no chance. The ocean. How many of you guys have ever been to the ocean? I love the ocean. Love it. But have you ever watched those surf videos where those guys are surfing these 40-foot waves? I saw a video actually... Um, earlier this morning where a tsunami came through um, a concert and it just wiped out everyone, caught them by surprise. The power that's within the ocean. God created the ocean and he stirs up and he creates the power within the ocean. God oversees and, and he is in the storms, the lightning, the thunder. Without God, there's no thunder, there's no lightning, there's no wind, there's no earth. There's no stadiums. All of this power is in his son. And then there's this like fire object in the sky. And it's powerful. You know, if you drive uh, State Route 29 to Columbus in the morning, you get to see this beautiful sunrise over the um, cornfields. And it starts off in some mornings, it'll be purple and then orange and yellow. And sometimes it even feels like there's some blues in there mixed in with the sky, right? And you see this thing and then sometimes it's behind a cloud and you can make out that there's this circle. And then it just gets higher and higher and higher. And the higher it gets, the brighter it gets to where you could look in the direction once before. And now you're driving very dangerously like this just to be able to see. The sun is so big and so powerful that not only does it give us light, but guess what it also does? Heats us. It keeps us in orbit. Keeps our earth where it's supposed to be. All of this power is in Jesus. It took me a long time to appreciate the Christmas season And partly um, the reason why is because the Christmas season was all about me. Do you know why I like to get people gifts? When, When you really reduce it, right? When you really reduce it, I like the way that I feel when that person says, thank you for this gift. I could probably care less about how they feel about it, but at the end of the day, it's still all about me because the world revolves around me. The birth of Jesus, right, was the reason for this season. All that power that we need to honor, all of that power we're supposed to honor. The focus of Jesus is the cross, the birth and the cross, the forgiveness of our sins. See, the birth was required for the cross to even matter. 
The gift is not the season. The gift is the opportunity to be set free from sin and death. So I'm going to read you a couple more scriptures, then we're going to go eat. Romans 6.23 says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. In Christ Jesus is the gift. Every single one of us today can receive that gift. And then 1 Timothy 1, 15 through 17. <clears throat> Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. How many of you guys are sinners? We are. We all fall short of the glory of God. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that reason, I have shown, um, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now, to the eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. All this power. The reason we celebrate this season is because of this powerful baby that was willing to lay down his life through obedience to the cross for our sins. If you commit one, you commit them all. And if, you didn't commit a, if you've never committed a sin, I can guarantee you your parents have. So you're a sinner based upon your bloodline. But it was Jesus who was willing to lay down his life through obedience to the cross. And that's something to celebrate. Emery's about to get a Christmas whooping. I love me some Emery. Yeah, Jojo. So in Jesus, we have the gift of eternal life. Amen. Can we make that about the season? When we leave here today, can we, um, can we make sure to encourage someone in that? My hope is that we make, make Christ the focus of every season. That if we wake up tomorrow, that Christ is the focus. And that is the most important gift that we should desire for our families, right? For them to have eternal life with Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for all of the power, all of the um, reverence that we need to show to you and, um, and your son, Jesus. Thank you for... Um, not only the prophetic words of a Savior coming, but those prophetic words coming true, that all this power within Jesus and then the power to um, overcome sin and death and to raise from the grave three days later, Father. May we just focus on that. Thank you for that, Father. May we walk in the assurance and the knowing 
of sons and daughters. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. I guess I should pray for food. So, Father, we thank you for food. We thank you for um, fellowship. And just bless the time in there. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you're new here, we just want to invite you to come back. Come to our Christmas Eve service tomorrow night, 6 to 7. And we would love to have conversations with you. So, God bless you. I'll see you in the next um, part B of church.